0: Hello, and welcome to Eavesdropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And we've been to see men. Ugh. It's, I, uh, yes, I feel very let down.
1: I was bored. I was so bored. I was teetering on board. I was completely bored. I, I looked at my watch like three or four times. And, you know, I was sometimes bored and actually sometimes <laughs> angered. You know, because it's so pretentious. Not nearly as profound as it would like to think it is.
0: Let's before we get into talking about it in detail, because it can be spoiled. It's yes. a horror film with you know a bit of a twist here and there, or revelation Not at least. Not much. Of, yeah, <laughs> um, let's uh, let's say what it's about. Um, if you've seen the trailer, you'll know um, it's about Jessie Buckley um, running off to a sort of secluded village in Gloucestershire, and she's surrounded by men who are all played by Rory Kinnear. Mm. Um, and you know, as to what, what's going to happen and what that's going to be about is it real, is it not You know, maybe we'll find out well, that's in spoiler territory right? but that's kind of the idea is she's been surrounded by men and as the film goes on kind of tormented by them um, and what she's really being tormented by is her own grief it's one of these films it's along the lines of well, it's along the lines of like a don't look now
1: yeah, and no, I don't think she's being tormented by her own grief I think she's being tormented by toxic masculinity by, you know Male well, privilege and patriarchy.
0: Well, it's it's her own it's her own grief, which is kind of brought on by those. Well, yeah. or mm, it, actually, well, well, okay. So I guess we are I mean, already getting into, into details the spoilers, of spoilers. Yeah, yeah. the husband the... hits her. So you know, yeah. Well, I think the thing is. Um, so we should say now we're into details of the story. There is another man in this film, another male actor, mm. and that's her husband, who we see in flashback. We see him right at the very beginning, and then in flashback that comes back and. Uh, We're told told the story of this day on which he died. Um, An argument that led up to it, which was about her trying to separate from him and get a divorce and him not taking it well Mm. and threatening her that he will kill himself Mm. if she leaves him. And it'll be on her. It'll be her fault that he did this. Mm. She's texting with her friend. He's really scaring me. I'm terrified. He sees, threatens her and ends up hitting her. Mm immediately goes to try to apologise but she kicks him out the flat before you know it um, he's falling from the window out of which she's staring and he dies, um, hitting the ground and getting impaled on railings as to whether it's a deliberate suicide or not, we don't know and that's explicit that she doesn't know either, he may have been climbing down from an upstairs floor to try and get in and slipped, she explicitly says, I don't know whether it's deliberate or not Um, the, the thing about what she's being tormented by, I think, is complicated by the idea that it invokes the film invokes um, the biblical story of Adam and Eve. I mean, and, I, the, and the story about Adam and Eve. I, I'm not saying it's clever; it's it's blindingly obvious just from the trailer. Yeah, it doesn't no, the trailer?
1: I'm not it, arguing with you, but actually, I think, you know, to me, rather than that complicating things, it sort of oversimplifies things, right? Because. You know, what you have is you begin with the story of Adam and Eve, so right from the beginning, and then you have Rory Kinnear playing, you know, the landowner, the policeman, the vicar, and even the village idiot. And (laughs) at the end of the film, what do all of those give birth to? Her husband. Yeah. Right? No, absolutely. (laughs) It it is doing that.
0: so banal. But the the question of, um, I mean, that's absolutely right. But I think the thing that the Adam and Eve story brings into it is the idea that it's basically like the the key story in sort of Western literature, if you like. which well, it's not Western,
1: but... <laughs> yeah, Christian <laughs> understandings of the world. Right. But It's inherently a key, patriarchal. It's
0: a key story about women being blamed for the downfall of man sort of thing. It's like that's why it would be about her guilt, putting that on her. He tries to make it about her guilt. If I kill myself, it's on you. Yes, you know? yes there and, is
1: that. But also, you know... Uh, Isn't Eve just one of Adam's ribs or something? Yeah. So, you know, so it's, it's it's both things is that she's really just an adjunct and an outgrowth of him, but the outgrowth that needs to be blamed for all his failings, right? I'm um, so disappointed when it
0: gets to the very, very end and it's his sequence of giving birth, which is. And people are talking about it getting all weird and Cronenberg, and it does have that. I mean, it's body horror. But the idea that the Rory Kinnear kind of series of characters um, start giving birth, and we see very clearly the vaginal canal that they Mm. all have, and it's a series of births. The idea that that is horrific is close to misogynist, if not outright misogynist, that all of a sudden the birth canal becomes the the focus of what's horrific. Ultimately, the, the, um, the husband character is what's given birth to. They sit down together, and she says, what do you want from me? And he says, your love. And you're like, well, you know, very clever... You know, it's a toxic man and he's acting and he's tormenting her in all these ways in the patriarchal sort of system. He's acting out and tormenting her. But all he wants is to be loved and that's the way he sees it.
1: Actually, you know, the film is so ill-judged because, you know, the idea that all of these men tormenting a woman is somehow an indictment of toxic masculinity. It's outrageous, because that's (laughs) what they do. Rory Kinnear and Alex Garland, you know, have designed this thing where Jesse Buckley gets kind of tormented for like an hour and a half. And that's kind of their critique of, you know... (laughs) Yeah. Toxic masculinity. For us to watch a woman suffer and scream and be (laughs) terrorised and be blamed for the ills of the world. I mean... Yeah, and like and it's the, so...
0: the thing is, in the trailer, because I remember looking forward to this, because Anx Garland, it, he, he was a novelist at first. He wrote The Beach, and then that was adapted uh, into the um, Danny Boyle film. Mm. Not his screenplay. Screenplay was by John Hodge, but then he did go on to write screenplays. He wrote 28 Days Later, I think, and Sunshine. Mm. And then he became a director himself with Ex Machina in, I want to say, about 2013.
1: Yes, I quite liked Um, Ex Machina. Ex
0: Machina was terrific. And it was an intelligent, interesting exploration of male and female relationships. Mm. And it was really about the way that men construct the women that they want. Mm. It was great. And then annihilation, which we saw, and we did on the podcast, and on the podcast, I remember I was just, I was not getting into. I could, it's not that I wasn't getting into the film, but I wasn't understanding it. Mm. it. Took me like a year after that podcast to start to get a grip on what was mm. what was complex and interesting about it. But I, I like it more and more. Mm. And even at the time, it was beautiful and odd, mm. and you know there were things that, that we liked, lots of things. So there's a lot to look forward to about this. And to find that, like the thing about annihilation is it's a film that I felt was not giving up any answers. it was really on me. Mm. This is a film that is full of answers it's, it's shouting them at you and they're also banal
1: and they're also banal I, I hated it I really did um, you know I thought it was arrogant and simple-minded really. Mm. Um, I also thought I didn't like that Rory Kinnear played every part, though obviously if you're going to if this is going to be your message, he needs to. <laughs> but he's not an interesting enough actor, you know, to, to carry it, really. Mm. Um and also I, I I I didn't like Jessie Buckley in it. Mm. You know, because you know, she reminds me of one of those like uh I don't know, those nineteen forties um kind of you know, no nonsense English actresses, right? So she's not
0: although she is Irish. Just, just to clarify, yeah. yeah. okay. It's not just that she's doing a good, great accent. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's <is> her
1: accent. <laughs> well, you know, I never, I never felt she was frail, yeah? Mm. But, but is, is that not sort of the point of her, to be...
0: She, she's kind of polite and everything, but when she f- sees some bullshit, someone kind of threatening she her, she, she stands up know, her, for herself.
1: I know, but I never felt she was really terrorised,
0: like... No, she wasn't much of a scream queen, if no. that's what you're looking for.
1: Um, um, and also, there was something very actory about the performances. So, you know, at the beginning, when she and her husband are screaming at each other, I did think, oh, my God, this is acting school 101, right? Like, the mm. whole scene. Um, so, I just thought there were too many elements that didn't work. And actually, I was never once scared, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And, I, you know, also, I wasn't disgusted. I, th- I think... You know, the film did do a good job of creating kind of, you know, a certain atmosphere. You know, when people are saying it's a folk horror, I kind of understand in a way, right? Like, Mm. you know, it's rural. There's a lot of, like, oak leaves (laughs) growing on people's heads. (laughs) Yeah. I'm being being (laughs) set in that part of Britain as well, like where it's a
0: a little bit kind of druidy and that sort of
1: thing. Mm. But ultimately, there's no excuse for it being so boring, you know. (laughs) And Mm. I really was bored. So this wasn't. Like an inhalation where you're trying to figure things out and you're worried that you might not be getting it. I mean, I, you know, the, I didn't think that I was lost in the film. Yeah, I think I did understand, you know, mm. everything that was being communicated to me. I just thought it was dull. You know, this is a horror film without suspense, without, you yeah, know, not very much. jolts, without, you know. Uh, so it's just like kind of an extended metaphor of the utmost banality. Yeah, really. And yeah. and when I say I was I was
0: let down because because I said I was looking forward to it. One of the things was that recently we've seen the trailers for it because it's been on quite a bit in uh, movies that we've been seeing. I think it may have been at the electric. This one time we saw the trailer for it. The last line is Jesse Buckley saying, "What are you?" And then the title comes up, "Men." It's like clues in the title. And I remember someone behind us laughing at that. And I thought, "Oh, come on!" But now I'm like, "No, I'm with them." It is it is as stupid as that, and mm. as 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 simple minded. And it's, I don't, it really feels like a capitalization on, um, you know, kind of our, our increasing understanding of what toxic masculinity means and the fact that the phrase toxic masculinity has made its way into normal conversation these days. But it's, it doesn't do anything interesting with it. It and just says, I
1: get it too. It's worse than that, because I think this is a cinematic exemplification of mansplaining <laughs> this is you know mansplaining as a movie that should be the title <laughs> mansplaining <laughs> don't you think yeah i mean you know here are all these men explaining kind of you know why terrorizing this film for 90 minutes is a denunciation of toxic masculinity to you know an audience which presumably includes women i mean you know, I just think... It's very self-congratulatory. Yes. You know, if you get this film, you're smart, aren't yes, you? Yes, and
0: you're good. I mean, actually, I, I do think quite a lot of, quote-unquote, elevated horror has that feeling. Elevated horror is a phrase... I remember um, uh, Matt Denny talking about it when he was on, when we were talking about Hereditary for mm. the second time. And the idea of elevated horror being a way of separating yourself from regular rubbish horror Mm. you know that our horror is smart Mm. and we don't really have to scare you to be good horror and all this um some of it does have that self-congratulatory feeling around it where it's like this film is really about grief this film is really about motherhood this film is really about xyz Mm. and these films wear their themes so brazenly on their sleeve that you you feel actually this isn't that clever you are just telling me what you think in this kind of lightly coded language and the fundamental thing that a horror film should do which is get you invested and get you scared, it's not doing. Mm. This really isn't. It has times when it could. I think there are times when it has control of tone and control of atmosphere, particularly early on, before the film develops, mm. that are good. I mean, it does take its time, but you know, when she's kind of on that initial walk around, she goes through the tunnel, which is something you see in the trailer, but it's extended here. I felt quite into it. Um, when she's initially being you know, followed around by... Uh, the the, the stalker fella, and you're wondering what's going to happen. Is he trying to get into the house? You know, again, into it. But it's a film that doesn't go on to build on those
1: promises. I think think it's also very poorly made. You know, because I think for the first little while I was thinking, is this all inside her head? Right, kind of, what is the external world? What world is being built here? Mm. Right, you know, because, you know, it's so under populated and thin and almost, like, subjective, yeah? Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, her world is just her husband and her friend, right? And then she goes into the countryside, and it's all the same person, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, She's talking to her versions of the same person. So you don't get the feeling that it's a culture or a society, right? So you wonder, is you know, is this something that is just... I thought at some point there might be a revelation that mm-hmm. it's something you know, and so entirely subjective or something. But actually, that didn't play out either. So I was very unsatisfied with the creation of the, this mm. film's particular world. Hood. Yeah,
0: yeah. so... Um, the thing about Rory Kinnear playing all those characters is central to this question of what is real and what isn't, mm. and what's in her head or what what's going on. And you, you're expecting it to be addressed that these are all the same bloke with the same face. Mm. And she... Seems to notice it every time she sees another Rory Kinnear for the first time. She seems to notice that's what's happening, but it's never anything more than a look. That's mm. no longer she doesn't. She doesn't say it to her mate when she's on the phone with her. And oh, by the way, I'm seeing all these blokes, and they're exactly no. the same bloke. And when she goes um, to the
1: pub, you know, Rory Kinnear is three different people, and she's talking to them as three different people: the cop, the dicker. Yes.
0: and the closest thing is we ultimately get this thing we can take it how we want, but this idea that they are representatives or versions or instances of the same thing because the injury that they sustain, which is the the long injury that splits mm. the arm into, they all then have from then on. Mm. Um, but still, it's something that's kind of up for interpretation. What we get is this night of madness that this all takes place on because... And mm. it's all in one night because the um, the friend says, I'm coming, mm. and then it happens has to happen before she gets there, all this stuff. And then the friend gets there in the morning... Um, and she sees the after effects of what's happened the night before. So we know that something is real, right? We've seen we see blood trails through the house. We see I can't remember what else we see, but we we get a couple of shots
1: that say, "Oh, this was real to yes. some extent." Yes. Um, but that's then where the film ends, and that's where you're never clear because you know. So actually, the film would like to have us think that this has all been like objective. Yeah, that you mm-hmm. know these people did exist. You know that this blood is there. You know the car did crash; it's broken. Yeah, and the the friend witnesses it. So, yeah, mm, that's right. The car but it's, that's uh, smashed so up. So, so that's very unsatisfactory, uh, as is the yeah. whole film. I, I, really I think the idea is it. to
0: is to for it to remain completely subjective, but
1: that doesn't add anything to it. I don't think. No, it's, this is disdainful filmmaking, or filmmaking that's disdainful of its audience because it makes no attempts to cater to them or to offer them any pleasure. It's like, you know, I'm going to teach you a lesson, you know, and I'm going to offer you this kind of extended metaphor, and your job, if you're a good little student, is to decipher what I am coding for you. School marmy and lazy, you know, because people have gone to see a horror film. They want to be scared. They want to be thrilled. They want a world. Yeah, they want excitement. There's no attempt to provide any of that. I think it's shot absolutely beautifully, but the
0: lighting in the in the the apartment scenes it's is beautiful gorgeous. shot. the The lighting uh when she first gets into the cottage, is beautiful and soft, and it the, it, the, it looks like beautiful photographs at times, but, and now when she's out on that walk, again, beautiful, like there's
1: real pleasure in just the images. Yes. Um, uh, there is that um, I also hated the soundtrack. <laughs> you know, I thought it was such a cliche. Uh woo <laughs> like, ah, 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 ah. Exactly. It makes for a much better trailer than it does a soundtrack. You know, the tra remember the
0: trailer again for Annihilation, the trailer was a really weird, wonky sort of sci fi soundtrack that you hadn't heard anything like it before. Carried through into the film, I think. Um this doesn't carry through into the film, it makes for a much better bit of trailer music. Mm. I mean the trailer is, is much better than the film, but then how could it be worse, I suppose?
1: Yes. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I think this is this is the film I've most disliked in a, quite a while. Mm. Everything is so spelled out, you know, and kind of the symbolism is so heavy-handed. Um, that fruit. Yeah, it's, you know, you're just waiting for all, for it all to end, kind of, you know. Anyway, yeah. enough. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much for listening. We are Eavesdropping at the Movies and we are on Apple Podcasts, uh, Apple Forbidden Fruits, <laughs> Audible, <laughs> <laughs> Google
0: Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud and YouTube. On social media, we're on Facebook and Twitter and the website is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com. Yes, we suffer so you don't have to. <laughs>
1: thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye.